accumulation, preservation, generation. At Busey Bank, these are the principles we use to build meaningful financial partnerships with our clients and their families. With sound advice and vast resources, partner with Busey for a personalized approach to your legacy. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Member FDIC. Hammer and Nigel. You believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! Y'all are welcome. Y'all owe me. I watched those GOP presidential debates last night, so you didn't have to. My name is Nigel. Jerry Lopez, also known as Indy Spanglish on X, is here filling in for Jason Hammer. Did you even watch him? Did you? You still have I did not. I uh, was playing darts, fortunately. Three nights in a row Getting now. better, though. Getting better. Three nights in a row at the bar. You might have a problem. And I want to discuss later. Remind I mean, me. I did not drink six. You did not drink six? No, six beers was not. Six binge, dollar beers? Was, was not binge drinking. Six dollar Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we talked about that yesterday on yeah. the show, but you did make the switch from Heineken to Miller Lite, I right? Did. Because it's, I informed you that Heineken <laughs> was much more expensive. Very fiscally responsible yesterday. <laughs> so I, I don't Was the debate even on at the bar? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I could imagine anybody <laughs> tailgating or belling up to a bar and asking the bartender to turn put up. Put on the, the debates. Put on the debates, please. Uh, entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy. He's, I gotta tell you, he's my favorite. I like the guy. He's pretty. I mean, he's what a great orator, read a, a public speaker. Yeah, talking right off the top of his head. Extempor, extempor, nah, I don't know if it's extemporaneously or not. I mean, he's got some really good lines prepared. He's like right? uh, he's like the Indian Obama with Trump swag. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> I like that description yeah. that you generally pay attention to social media at Indie Spanglish on X. What are you hearing about Vivek? Like, what is the internet saying? I mean, the internet is saying he stole the show because he was just hitting he people did. with zingers left and right. And in today's society where it's 10 second clips, he is all over that social is, media. That is it. That's the key right now. Going after Republican leadership, challenging Rona, Rana McDaniel, who's the chair of the RNC, to her face to resign on stage. Um, and then he turned his attention on why GOP, the, the, the GOP would even let corporate leftist media moderates uh, moderate this debate here in the first place. Let's play that clip. And frankly, look, the people there cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. Getting the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here. Do you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld no. to host a Democratic debate? No. They wouldn't do it. Yeah. Why, why would the GOP even let corporate leftist media moderate these kinds of debates? Especially considering everything that's happened in the past couple years, the way that they've just silenced the right completely. Why even give them the, the eyes? Well, it's funny you mention that because Vivek wasn't done there. This was his opening statement. So he got specific with Rona McDaniel told her, yeah, come up here and resign right now. She was sitting in the front <laughs> row, wasn't she? Yeah. And then he turned his ire towards the the moderators. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Chris, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about hold you. On, hold and the on, me- stop. It was, it was uh, Kirsten, Kristen Welker, Kirsten Welker, yeah. um, and uh, who, who's the guy? The uh, uh, 
not the other, the other NBC guy. God, I can't think of his name right now off the top of my head. But here, go ahead. Naga, Naga, not going to work here anymore. So. <laughs> and so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Christian, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you and the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? <laughs> Answer the question. Go. <laughs> Mr. Rogers. This is how we get our country back. We need accountability because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with a Hunter Biden laptop story. Mr. Ramos, and they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Accountability. Let me turn to Governor, Governor Christie. Uh, Lester Holt. That's Lester Holt. I recognize that voice. Lester Holt and uh, Hugh Hewitt was the third guy. I, I think, all in all, I think it was a fun debate. It was it was fun to watch. They asked good questions. There was no gotcha questions. I love Vivek turning his ire specifically towards Welker yeah. and saying, yeah, the Russian disinformation was that real did you like he put her on the spot answer yes or no he was talking to her he was like, going after he people. was like she was running for <laughs> <Yeah>. the presidential <laughs> so and uh, then after that after that he went after nikki haley um you know nikki haley leaves the u.n all of a sudden made a bunch of money for her and her family, just like Hunter. Go ahead. Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, got a $5 million bribe from Ukraine. That's why we're sending $200 billion back to that same country. The fact of the matter is the Republican Party is not that much better. You have the likes of Nikki Haley, who stepped down from her time at the U.N. Bankrupt or in debt is, was her family. Then she becomes a military contractor. She joins the board of <laughs> Boeing and otherwise, and is now a multimillionaire. So I think that that's wrong when Republicans do it or Democrats do it. That's the choice we face. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first, or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? <laughs> right, in which case, we've got two of them on stage tonight. Thank you. <laughs> Did you catch it at the end? We've got two of them on stage tonight because they, there was rumors that DeSantis was had wearing had had some sort of lifts in his shoes to make him taller. Three-inch heel, like a Dick Cheney in three-inch heels. Here is uh, Nikki Haley's response to that. Yes, comment. I'd first like to say they're five-inch heels, and oh. I don't wear them unless. You can run in them. Um, we got two of you on stage. The second there, thing so. that I will say is I wear heels. They're not for a fashion statement. They're for ammunition. Was that a shot at DeSantis? Uh, and I actually, I don't know what it means. I, I don't know what. Uh, I, it's not for ammunition. I don't know. Uh, it's kind of a sick burn from Nick Haley. She lost that round. Yeah. Not three inch. They're five inch. But she did do well last night. I would say... I would say Vivek won, and then followed by DeSantis and Nikki Haley. I love Tim Scott. I love yeah. his happiness. He's the, the, the happy warrior. I love his story. I just don't think it's going to be him. And I wasn't sure at all what Chris Christie was doing on that stage. Yeah. He's still, I, I don't know how Tim Scott even got on stage. And he, has, he has that many donors that, that could put him on stage, but Chris Christie? He was slow and, and, and lethargic well, last night. I think if you go to Krispy Kremes, you see those buckets where they're taking donations for Chris <laughs> yeah. Krispy. So. Um, meanwhile, like other than Vivek, I, I would say, let's play a clip of Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, running for the Republican nomination. Now, if you look where we are now, it's a lot different than we were in 2016. And Donald Trump's a lot different guy than he was in 2016. He owes it to you to be on this stage and explain why he should get another chance. He should explain why he didn't have Mexico pay for the border wall. He should explain why he racked up so much debt. He should explain why he didn't drain the swamp. And he said Republicans were going to get tired of winning. Well, we saw last night, I'm sick of Republicans losing in Florida. I 
I showed how it's done. One year ago here, we won a historic victory, including a massive landslide right here in Miami-Dade County. That's how we have to do it. So I promise you this, as the nominee, next November I'll Thank get the go. job done, and as president, I will your, deliver your time for is you. Up. Let me turn. Like, like Spanglish man, I think I love DeSantis. I I think he could do a great job. I think he's the most qualified up on that stage. Maybe with the exception, of maybe well, Nikki Haley and Tim Scott too. You know, they're all three. I, I think he's more qualified than Vivek. Although I like Vivek's ideas, and he's got very different ideas on Ukraine and some of those other right. guys up there on stage. But is he is he the guy? I think DeSantis is the most polished out of everybody up there. Most prepared to step in tomorrow is is him. In the role of president? Yeah. Okay. I think that's DeSantis. But there's no beating Trump at this point. I mean, he's heads yeah. and tails yeah. in the polling. Yeah. This is this is for yeah. who's going to finish second. Meanwhile, in Nashville, detectives suspended. Seven detectives suspended after a partial release of the Tranifesto of the Nashville school shooter. You remember a couple of days ago, talk show host Steven Crowder, he's a, he's a you know, conservative talking head uh, on, on YouTube. He leaked a couple of photographs of that manifesto from the shooter, and and well, I'll, I'll exactly I'll tell you what some of those things said there on the manifesto. It's kind of graphic. They included phrases suggesting this person who was trans, who was transitioning from a woman to a man, uh, kill those kids, kill those crackers, going to private fancy schools with those fancy khakis and sports backpacks with their daddy's Mustangs, convertibles, F you, you little bleeps. I w- want to shoot your weak ass d- dead, your mop yellow hair, want to kill all of you little crackers, uh, a bunch of little Fs with your white privileges. So, yeah, so she was uh, indoctrinated by DEI is what it sounds like. It's It sounds like the evil, you know, whites are the most dangerous yeah. thing in the world. I'm coming to kill you. But that's but but Google and Facebook took the story down, suppressed it. And now you have uh, these detectives, seven detectives who I don't know if they're being accused of leaking or how it got out. There's seven of them. Steven Crowder uh, tweeted this out today, quote, Let me keep this simple, because the left wants to intimidate whistleblowers in the future to prevent more leaks like the Nashville Manifesto. Not one of the seven officers allegedly put on administrative leave is our source. No one was paid for this manifesto, and the powers that be are more concerned about finding the leaker than they are about the contents of Audrey Hale's anti-white manifesto. And that's what it was, because the Department of Justice knew about this manifesto. They knew what was in it, and they're not investigating it as a hate crime. Could you, I mean, just like, just just think if she was targeting Palestinian kids or African-American kids, that manifesto would be released right. instantly and riots in the streets, but white kids at a Christian school, Jerry? You're not allowed to be victims, Nige. You're not allowed to be victims. The manifesto is censored and suppressed. It was never released because it didn't fit the, the uh, narrative. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Show. Jerry Lopez filling in for Hammer. I'm Nigel. A lot of people didn't like Vivek. 
last night. Like even on Fox and Friends, I was watching that this morning, and 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 Kilmeade and and Steve Ducey both said he had terrible nights because he was like an attack dog, and I'm like and throwing bombs, and I was like, man, I thought he was articulate, passionate, uh, persuasive. And yes, he was in attack mode. Like you said, what did what did you say? Trump swagger yeah, and Obama. A, he's a, Indian Obama with Trump swag. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and almost immediately I was I was looking on the on I mean on, he did good. Look who we're talking about. This is what people were talking about. Absolutely. Him. But they were bashing him on Fox and Friends this morning. Even some of the independent journalists I pay attention to on Twitter, and I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but they, they said this guy's a joke. Oh, this guy is, should be thrown off the stage. And I, if there's anybody that doesn't deserve to be on that stage, it's Chris Christie. Yep. Nobody cares no. about Chris Christie. Go ahead Christie. and move him and Tim Scott off, and then we'll start knocking him off after. Yeah, and I hate to say that about Tim Scott. I like Tim Scott. He's a good guy. He's, he's, like I said, a happy warrior, and he's got he's good on policy as well. I, the only, pretty much 90% of everything that was said on stage, everybody agreed with, except Vivek Ramaswamy, especially... Mm, Especially his stuff on Ukraine, and and I kind of like where he's coming through from on Ukraine. I mean, Tim Scott at one point said he wants to, he was he would bomb Iran. So so the, when the NRA Haley, when the NRA convention came here, Vivek spoke, and I walked away was super impressed by him. Super impressed. Really, him. you saw him? Yeah, he was here at the convention center. I was super impressed. I didn't know anything about him. Super impressed. One more thing that kind of went under the radar. And it beca- it's, it's really because it happened during a commercial break. Listen to what the crowd started chanting. And then, then the crowd gets scolded by an NBC producer. You can stop it. Start it over. They're chanting Trump. Trump, 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 Trump. while the candidates are on stage. <laughs> It's worked hard, so shut up with your Trump chants. What does that say about Donald Trump? I mean, during a... By the way, he had an alternate... He wasn't even there. (laughs) They're chanting his name. He wasn't even there. There's five people on stage that are running for that nomination, and they're actually chanting Donald Trump. Imagine being one of them. That's what I'm saying. That sucks. Like, ugh. Yeah. I mean, it just tells me... I, I just don't know, Jerry, how Trump navigates and maneuvers all the... The, the civil lawsuits, the, f- the federal indictments. How does that work for him? I mean, probably looking forward to it because with every one, he gets more points. That's such a good point. It's so weird. I think the only goal, that the only thing they can do now at this point is try to tire him out. That's it. It's one of the things Chris Christie said was, well, look, how is he going to be able to run a campaign from the courtroom? He doesn't have to. <laughs> He doesn't a he doesn't have to run a campaign. That's a really good point. But Joe Biden ran a campaign from his basement yep. in 2020, and it worked for him. And he's doing the poop shuffle as a president. <laughs> so, what's the issue? The poop shuffle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move on. I wanted Allison. I want to do this um, this cover song thing. So let's move on to this last one here real quick before we hit a break. Following up on their uh, list of best cover songs of all time, avclub.com has now delivered a list of the 25 worst. And at the top of the list of the 25 worst cover songs of all time, ladies and gentlemen, here it is. David Bowie and Mick Jagger's cover of Dancing in the Streets.
on YouTube and type this in. Have you seen the music video for this song? The original? The, no, no. This. The, I've never heard this. It's not, you've never heard Dancing in the Street. I've heard, yeah, I've heard Martha the and the Vandellas originally did it, like in the '60s, and then, and then uh, David Bowie and Mick Jagger did a cover of it. I don't think the cover is as bad as the music video. I think that's why they're saying, if you can hop on YouTube real quick, just type in Dancing in the Streets, um, and you'll see why. It's just those two icons, legends. Even back then in the 80s, it's just those two dancing in the street together. <laughs> like getting up on on light poles and swinging around. Like $26 they're, budget. They're, they're, they're like Mick Jagger's wearing, they're both wearing like pleated khakis. <laughs> it's, it's an awful, it's one of the worst music videos I've ever seen in my life. So I don't mind the song. And I, I know you're a little bit younger than I am, so you might not be familiar with that song. But I, I maintain that it's 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 not a bad song, but the music video is is horrific. At Hammer and Nigel, if you agree, here's my all-time worst cover song: Celine Dion covering ACDC. He wants to pass the the lyrics you can still be a girl and say she was the best damn woman that i ever seen also how does she know how he identified so what's the issue <laughs> right on right on it's the hammer and nigel show my new galaxy garage floor is out of this world this new coating they put on my old cracked dirty garage floor made it look brand new made my garage four times as strong galaxy concrete coatings you can go to their facebook and scroll down to uh, like the march time frame you can see before and after pictures of my garage i didn't even recognize my garage floor after they were done with it um, it's not epoxy they use either it's they use polyurea that's the new premium standard for coatings and uh, they've also change their warranty. Manufacturer just upgraded the warranty from 15 years to lifetime. If you want a new garage coating, don't do anything until you've checked out galaxyconcretecoatings.com or call their office 751-9070. There's another poll here uh, that's saying Trump narrowly leading Biden in a hypothetical rematch. This is a CNN poll, Indy Spanglish. CNN, for God's sake. Uh, let's see, 49% to 45%. I'm looking at another poll here in terms of the GOP candidates that are running. I mean, holy God almighty. <laughs> Trump has got such a lead, like... Just such a monumental, like 56%. And you know it's worse than that, because they probably found numbers that were the closest, honestly. Yeah, right. And then there's the New York Times poll over the weekend. If you remember over the weekend, polling from New York Times, Siena, showed Trump leading Biden in five of the six swing states. So we're talking plus 10 in Nevada, plus 6 in Georgia, 5 in Michigan, 5 in Arizona, plus 4 in Pennsylvania. Uh, Biden leads Wisconsin by a couple of points, but but man, Democrats everywhere are are saying out loud now they're getting very nervous. Here's a clip we played earlier in the week. I wanted it's I think it's worth a replay of what they were talking about on Meet the Press over the weekend. 
this is probably going to lead to a lot of Democrats increasing the chatter that Joe Biden should step aside and, and, and make room for another Democrat. And I think the problem that Democrats have is they don't know who that Democrat would be right now. I don't think that uh, people look at Kamala Harris and feel like she is ready to take that step forward. They look across the rest of the party, governors, senators, mayors, House members, and they're struggling to figure out who they could put up if it's not Joe Biden. And so I think the reality is Democrats are probably going to run Joe Biden. I cannot believe that MSNBC commentator, that Meet the Press commentator, said uh, it wouldn't be Kamala Harris. Because uh, according to uh, Stacey Abrams, if you don't like Kamala Harris, if you have anything bad to say about her, you're a racist and a misogynist. Um, I'm a firm believer it's going to be Gavin Newsom. Yeah, I mean, he's it's certainly running a shadow campaign. No, I he think was over be. in China with uh, the president. Knocked over some little kid. <coughs> did you see that? Trying to play basketball. Was that in China <laughs> yeah. where he did that? Yeah. yeah. And then he spanked his butt afterwards. <laughs> that was funny. I, I, I find it hard to believe that the... Dem- I do and I don't. When the Democrats would put up another rich, entitled, elitist, white male. I mean, usually they, they end up that way. They don't start that way. Oh, they don't start that yeah. way, but they certainly yeah. did in 2020. Boy, they got that diversity <laughs> off off the dais there, off the off the debate stage in a hurry back in 2019 and 2020, didn't they? Yeah. I think Kamala Harris actually was one of the first to go. Uh, 100%. <laughs> she called him a rate. Yeah. I mean, how do you beat, like, if you're Kamala Harris... And you accuse, all but accuse Joe Biden of being a racist on the debate stage. And then you bowed around with segregationists. Yeah. She believed uh, she believed his accuser. She said uh, the Tara Reid is his sexual assault accuser. Yeah. And then you get the call from him and he goes, let's go to work. You ready to work? She's working for the guy now. Imagine how bitter you must be. Because he did call his, he, he, he called a shot too, Biden did. I'm, it's going to be a woman of color. That's the most important thing. Woman of color. Yeah. Just like a Supreme Court pick. Woman of color. Yeah. You're only there because of your color of your skin. Sounds racist. It sounds racist to me. It's it's incredible be incredibly insulting. You work yeah. this hard all your life and now you're there because you're a female and you're African American. It's just it, she's gotta be bitter. But um back to the polls here for just there's a reason why I replayed that clip. It's because earlier this morning President Biden was asked why he's trailing in the polls in the swing states. Here's what he had to say. Why do you think it is that you're trailing Trump in all these swing state polls? Because you don't read the polls out from Gibbler. Ten polls. Eight of them, I'm beating him in those states. Eight of them. You guys only do two. CNN and New York Times. Check it out. Check it out. We'll get you a copy of all those other polls. I don't believe you're trailing in battleground states. No, I don't. <laughs> you're delusional. He's absolutely delusional. Those other polls he's talking about were Twitter polls. Yeah. Probably. Probably, yeah. You know, Kamala put out a Twitter poll. Who, who would you vote for, <laughs> Donald Trump or Joe Biden? Um, and it's obvious that the way the economy is right now, the way gas prices are, the way food prices are, I keep, I always go back to, I, I had to stop uh, on my way home the other night to Kroger to get some lunch meat. It's doubled in price. Yeah. It used to be seven dollars a pound for uh, some some sliced chicken. You but, know what I mean? But the big part it's about it is fourteen dollars now. We, we still got to get out and vote, right? We can't look at this and go, "Ah, we're good." He sucks. Like if, if nothing's been fixed for ballot harvesting, voter ID, oh, trust me. none of this stuff has been fixed, and we know that they're going to mess with the numbers. We have to come out in numbers so large that they can't do anything about it. Let's stick with Biden here, but we're going to jump in the hot tub time machine. Flashback to two thousand and five. This is. Basically, I mean, this is back when Biden could speak coherently, right? We could understand him. He was on his game. 
talking about Hamas and the Palestinians. This is kind of when uh, Hamas took over. The Palestinians voted Hamas, their government. And here is Joe Biden back in 2005. This lawlessness that takes place, although initially generated by a, 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 a ideological group, Hamas or whatever, you also, it spawns just lawlessness generally. And what you have now in the palace, among the Palestinians, there are a lot of just thugs, just plain old criminals who are able to roam and reach in a way that they wouldn't if, in fact, there was a Palestinian government that had the capacity to maintain order on their streets. Could you imagine saying that now? It doesn't even sound like the it, same guy. today, well, yeah, certainly doesn't sound like him. But he was saying, and by the way, I agree with him. The Hamas ideology has been pounded. Well, that uh, the ideology there for the Palestinians has been pounded into yeah. their head for eons. Yeah. For for thousands of years. Gener- yeah, well, and also generations of kids are raised on that Absolutely. same ideology. But for him to say... Yeah, Hamas is bad, but there's actually the Palestinian people are thugs, too. You wouldn't even say the first part. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Meanwhile, Biden did. uh, I got some more from that press conference he was doing. He was outside Air Force One. And he's talking, they were asking him about the, like a humanitarian pause for the war in Israel against Hamas. Did you ask for a three-day pause to get in Yahoo? You know, I've been asking for a pause for a lot more than three days. hey Yes. Did you ask him to pause for three days to get the hospital out for that? Yes. I've asked for even a longer pause for some of them. So first he tried to make a joke. I've been asking for longer than three days. So he wants, so understand when they say pause, they say ceasefire. Right. That's, that's what it means, a, a ceasefire. And I think there's been targeted pauses here and there to get humanitarian aid in. And now there's talk of of a four-day pause. There's sources coming out of the White House that say that Netanyahu, I, I don't know what to believe at this point, but I just know that Every time you pause, especially for days. Yeah, I'm re-upping on my side. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm re-upping. Replenish the resources. And by the way, all that aid that's coming in, bring it down to the tunnels. Yep. Here's a little more from Joe Biden on how frustrated he is with uh, leadership in Israel. Mr. President, are you frustrated with Prime Minister Netanyahu that he has not listened more to some of the things you have asked him to do? But you don't. You don't have a say. What right of that is of his? Right, it's taking a little bit longer than I hope. Their country was attacked. Their people were slaughtered. He has a right to respond when he wants to. All right, you're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Let me hit you with this, Jerry Lopez, also known as Indy Spanglish on X at Indy Indy Spanglish is where you can find him. Uh, this is the main headline on Drudge Report right now. MAGA Cubans cheer call for mass deportations. Now, you're of Cuban heritage, yeah, right? Yeah. You're first generation. You're first generation uh, American? Yep. Is Mom and dad are both from Havana. So I click on the link, and, and I didn't realize, I knew Trump had a rally last night, but I didn't know where it was. Yep. It was in Hialeah? Hialeah, yeah. It's a suburb, uh, it's a suburb of Miami. Okay. It's probably like 95% Cuban. Wow. So 
So, so this is a Yahoo article. Quote, under Biden in the U.S. has become the dumping ground of the world. They're coming in levels that we've never seen, never seen in this country. There's never been anything like this. Our country's being invaded. All the stuff that Trump usually says. Yeah. And, uh, quote, on day one, I would terminate every open borders policy in the Biden administration, and we will begin the largest domestic deportation operation in American history. When he said that comment, he was met with thunderous applause. And, again, the location, you had it right. It says right here, Hialeah. Yep. 95.8% of the residents are Hispanic. 74% are foreign-born. Yep. So... What's what's happening with that? Make, make specific, it make sense. Can you make, it, make it make sense because you know these families migrated to the United States legally from Cuba. Right. So there used to be the wet foot, dry foot law specifically for Cubans. If you made it to the United States, you got to stay. That's why so many were in the water. That's why the Ilian Gonzalez thing was such a big deal because he made it and then they sent them back. Right. Yes. So you have all these people that are leaving a communist regime. I'm first generation. A lot of those are from Cuba that came to to Florida, right? Legal. And they're here for the American dream, all right? And they're seeing the American dream wither away, right, with with liberal policy and everything else. This is why Cuba uh, Cubans delivered Miami to Donald Trump. That was a huge thing that that happened. Oh, wow, in the midterms, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he won Miami. Like, like there, are, there are very few uh, groups of people that are more anti-communism, anti-socialism, anti-any of that. Anti-illegal immigration. Than Cubans, yeah. That, that is amazing. So, uh um, that that to me says a lot. I have, you know, I, I have a, a relative that uh, from, um, oh, where's she from? Nicaragua. That that came here. It took her literally almost a decade to to. It took her a decade to do it the right way. Yep. I remember I mean, seeing my mom go to classes and stuff, yeah. natu- the naturalization classes. She's from Nicaragua, and, and, and it took her like 10 years and tens of thousands of dollars yep. to do it the right way. So, yeah, there are people that are here um, legally. We, we love legal immigration. Yep. We want the best and the brightest. But they're seeing uh, they're seeing all these people flow in from Venezuela. Just actually, walk across the border. Well, yeah. Actually, they're sending the Venezuelans back because they hate socialism. Right. Yep. <laughs> and they, and they, they're not going to vote for Democrats no. and socialists. And that's another group that's coming here, and they're just like the Cubans now. They don't. They they went through Maduro and then they're like we do not want yes. socialism. Yeah. All right. Um, have you heard of the drug Ozempic? Is that the the weight loss drug? Well, it's a diabetes drug, and they kind of discovered people with obesity could use it and, and drop a bunch of weight without having to do any work. Yeah, I've had. I understand. I get the medically, I get the medical side of it, but there are people that are taking it like celebrities yeah. that are overweight that could probably just do it. Like I, like if I put in the work, I could, you know, if I I put down the the empty calories there, you know, uh, that come in those beer cans, I'd drop shed ten pounds in a week. That's no fun. So people are taking Ozempic, but Thanksgiving is just two weeks away. So why should the holidays be limited for people on Ozempic? We have the answer at the Hammer and Nigel show. Uh-oh, the holidays are approaching, and because you're on Ozempic, you have to eat less and avoid wine and alcohol. But now you won't have to be a buzzkill at gatherings with no Zempic. <laughs> no, 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 no Zempic. No Zempic allows you to bend the rules, live a little. We had to work through lunch, so the office got pizza. I didn't want to be ungrateful. Thanks to no Zempic, I inhaled six pieces. <laughs> no, 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 no Zempic. 
your doctor about Nozempic. They won't think it's a very good idea. No, 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 Nozempic. Nozempic is not responsible for any self-harm or getting this annoying jingle out of your head. I don't have a problem with Ozempic at all. You know, people using them, and it's just like, like especially if you have a problem with, with, with your health, right? Then yeah, okay, try something else. Get yourself kickstarted. Maybe this will kick off. But but healthy daily habits and routines. This is basic stuff I learned at Exercise Inc. Yep. By the way, calories which I, in, uh, calories out. <laughs> right. Exactly. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love. Hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! My name is Nigel Jerry Lopez at Indy Spanglish on X is where you can find him. He is filling in for Jason Hammer and the GOP primary debate last night in Florida. Is it in Miami? I think it's in Miami uh, near there. Um, yeah, it was it was fun. It was entertaining. I, I think it was the best out of the three. I think the moderators did a good job, even though Vivek went hard and swift after uh, Welker and some of those other uh, moderators that were on the on the uh, on the dais there. But 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 man, they asked good questions. They didn't talk about Trump an awful lot, yep. and that was they, on purpose, probably. They didn't talk about Trump, and they didn't talk about Joe Biden really either they just mainly stuck to policy what they would do what their vision is and they all kind of agreed with each other here and there except vivek ramaswamy entrepreneur very passionate very polished very articulate has a different perspective child immigrant he's a a first generation american yes um and he, and there's a reason why we keep on talking about it because because we like he went after the moderators went after Nikki Haley let me let me just play this what what was he saying about uh, Nikki Haley yeah 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 this is the this is the moment where they started arguing about TikTok yeah. so she made fun of him in the last debate that he was on TikTok yes and he goes aren't you a little old for that and then he came back and said to her you need to take care of your own house because your daughter's on TikTok. yeah and she did not like that listen to what she says at the end of this clip well, I, I, I want to laugh at why Nikki Haley didn't answer your question, which is about looking at families in the eye. In the last debate, she made fun of me for actually joining TikTok while her own daughter was actually using the app for a long time. So you might want to take care of your family first. Leave my daughter out of your, your voice. Adult daughter. The next generation of Americans are using it. And that's actually the point. You have her supporters crapping her up. That's fine. Here's the truth. You're just the easy scum. answer is... Oh, do you hear that at the end? Quote, you're just scum. <laughs> I do think that was a low blow. He shouldn't have brought the daughter into it. How old is the daughter? I don't even know how old her daughter. It doesn't matter. Is. I, I don't know. But he was. But I, I he came. Think ready. Got, he came. He showed up with look, bullets man, in he, his chamber. Like here we go. I mean, literally, he was on yeah. fire he, last he night. He was probably so excited to get there. Like I'm about to roast <laughs> everybody. Does he go to work for Trump? If Trump somehow yeah. beats Biden, yeah. he said he wouldn't. Though he said he's not in it for number two. That's fine. But Kamala said the same thing. <laughs> oh, that's, that's so, he's such a good point. Now, the guy that we haven't talked a lot about is Senator Tim Scott. I think he had a good night. 
his story is is amazing from the cotton fields to congress i love his and i want to uh credit tony katz for this because i heard this today and i thought it was amazing first of all his his policy on energy output here is lester holt one of the moderators talking about what you know you can do immediately if you're elected president to put more money in people's pockets senator scott i'll start with you what would you do the moment you take office to help americans manage the cost of living so we're talking about short term here my mother was a single mother who raised me and my brother in a very challenging economic situation. The first thing I can tell you is that when your gas prices are 40 percent higher right now than they were just a little over two years ago, that's not a problem for my mama. That was a crisis. Mm. The first thing I would do as president of the United States is I would sign the XL Keystone Pipeline and start seeing resources flow. Second thing I would do is make sure that there's certainty and predictability so that those folks who have the leases in our country would have the certainty and predictability to go ahead and become energy independent. Now, after that, Lester Holt thinks he's smart, right? He's he's gonna he's gonna correct Tim Scott on a few things about that answer. Your time is up, but let me just follow up. The sure. idea of pumping gas, of, of turning on pipelines, that doesn't put make gas cheaper that day. I'm talking about you become president. What can you do specifically to help people feel better about their situation or be better with their situation? Well, actually, it does, to be honest with you. The way that the economy works <laughs> is it works on the ability to anticipate excess supply versus the demand. When that happens, <laughs> confidence drives our prices down because we know there's going to be a greater surplus. If you're Lester Holt, Got are you yeah. embarrassed and almost looking around at the, your producers and being like, what the F? And that's also not the moderator's place, right? The to moderator what? shouldn't be correcting him or anything like that or say you were wrong. Yeah. That's not his place. Yeah, and he stepped in it big time, and it's embarrassing. That's the host of the NBC Nightly News yeah. at 630 every night. But that's that he, That's that leftist propaganda that he couldn't keep. That's why they shouldn't be on there. Oh, my God. That was so – credit to Tony Katz, because that's where I heard this clip on his show this morning when I was taking my kids to school. And here's what I did. <laughs> because I started uh, after Vivek in his opening comments and after going ro- after the RNC chair, Rona McDaniel, Rona Rana, whatever. And, and then after going the moderators, and I was like, holy crap, he just dropped a bomb right out of the gate. I'm, th- I'm throwing darts and I, I get one text. I, Did you watch Vivek's yeah, opening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You're at the bar. I go, holy bleep, Did you see that? in no. all caps. But you know, if it's in all caps for me, it's yeah. a big deal. But I had to hit pause because from upstairs I hear, Nigel, time to put the kids to bed. <laughs> and so I hit pause, and it's a process getting the kids to bed. Sure. And even though they're older, they we still like to hang out with them for a little while. So I came downstairs and watched and hit play, and then pretty soon I found myself just just fast forwarding to Vivek. To Vivek. <laughs> I didn't care what anybody else on that stage had to say. A, because I know Donald Trump's probably going to be the nominee. Yeah. But B, because Vivek was... Yeah, he's bringing the hot fire. He was bringing yeah. the fire every time. So I got through the debate pretty quick, and I missed that part. I'm sorry I missed that part from Senator Scott. I'm going to look on X to see if somebody's just clipped everything that just he said. Oh, I'm sure. Got to be out there. I, I'm sure. Um, they did talk about China last night. Some inter- interesting headlines involving China. I wanted to run these by you. Headline from, what is this, Barons.com? I don't know what this is. China, ready to improve ties with U.S. at all levels. 
Beijing is ready to hold talks with the United States at all levels, China's vice president said Wednesday ahead of uh, the summit in San Francisco between Xi and Joe Biden next week meeting up. I think it's the G7 there in San Francisco. Uh, Also, another headline, hostility towards the United States and China has dropped sharply. In April 22, more than 80% of Chinese respondents said they'd viewed the U.S. as an enemy. October 2023, that number has fallen to less than 50%. So let's let's address the the China ready to improve ties with the, the U.S. at all levels. Do you buy it? Um, and I, I'll tell you why I buy it, but I don't buy it. I, I believe that they want us. China wants us to buy it because their economy is in the crapper, right? It's it's in more trouble than ours. So the more trade. They're going to pretend they, to be. They need us to have money so that we buy their Chinese goods and services. Absolutely, uh, they they need they want us to be quote unquote partners, yeah. and and they're bleeding foreign investments heavily. So so they're going to talk about how much they love the United States. Now about the hostility. Uh, let's see that stat. Eighty percent of Chinese respondents they viewed the they viewed the United States as the enemy. April twenty twenty two by October twenty twenty three, that number fell to fifty percent. I was talking to uh, one of our favorite guests, Frances Martel, texting back and forth with her. She's the world editor of Breitbart, and she said she absolutely believes this poll about the hostility dropping because young Chinese people hate the government with a passion. Uh, There are regular protests throughout China. They get squashed pretty quickly. They are choosing not to start families and just live with their parents and not have jobs as a way to ensure that the Communist Party doesn't benefit from them. Wow, that's crazy. uh, From any of their labor. So that's what Francis kind of put it into perspective for me. Here is uh, Nikki Haley on the China threat. China has built up their military. It's not just land, air, and sea. They're doing cyber. They're doing artificial intelligence. They're doing space. America needs to modernize our military. Then we will go and end all formal trade relations with China until they stop murdering Americans from fentanyl, something Ron has yet to say that he's going to do. Now, you heard that at the end, something that Ron DeSantis has not said that he's going to do. When she said that, it was kind of a wide-angle picture, and I saw Ron DeSantis sort of raise his eyebrows a little bit. Hey, wait, 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 what did you, you just say? So here is Ron DeSantis on what he would do about China, and then kind of claps back to Haley at the end. I think the future of freedom is going to be determined in the Indo-Pacific. We have a strategy, not with mil- not just military, but decoupling from the economy and fighting them here at home with their cultural. You know, Ambassador Haley said somehow I wasn't doing. She welcomed them into South Carolina, gave them land near a military base, wrote the Chinese ambassador a love letter saying what a great friend they were. That was like their number one way to do, to do economic development. In Florida, I banned China from buying land in this state, and we kicked out. On our universities, and we kicked the Confucius Institutes out of our universities. We've recognized the threat, and we've acted swiftly and decisively. Ron DeSantis brought those receipts and handed them straight to Nikki Haley on that one. That was pretty good. Amber and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Rock and roll. All right, Jerry Lopez in for Hammer at Indy Spanglish. Find him on X. Um, are you ready to do this? I'm ready. Okay. It's usually Hammer giving me the stories. I'm going to give you the stories, let's and you're going to tell me if it's anything or not. 
this Wisconsin, this guy in Wisconsin, his homeowner, was uh, given a citation for disorderly conduct after a Halloween clown prank gone wrong. The homeowner had some other family member enter the home dressed as a clown to scare a group of teenagers, but somebody called 911. Here is the call. And then the parent getting on the phone to apologize to the dispatcher. There's a clown inside, like an actual clown inside the house right now. Do you know who it is? No. Is there anybody else in the inside with him? Um, my friend's parents. Okay. No. Just get here as fast as you can, please. We're okay. We're just playing a joke. Sorry they called you. Oh, okay. Yeah, they called 911. <laughs> Glad I know my daughter had a friend on the phone. I'm sorry. Is that uh, a good idea? Is this anything to play pranks on young teenage girls, clowns sneaking in? I mean, so you say you know, group like of teenagers, and I thought it was cool until I heard the little girl on there, and I yeah. picture my daughter, and I would think she would be terrified if somebody just yeah. walked in the house. Exactly. If my daughter's over at a friend's yeah, house. I would be pissed. I would be upset. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and and I don't yeah. think the people that we hang out with, my daughter's parents would ever do anything like no. that. But, but I, that that is, is bad, especially, she sounded like she was 10, 9, 10, yeah. 11 years old, which is around, right around the age range. That could have went real south real quick, too. Well, you know, you play a pr- prank like that on... Your guy friends. Your do- you could wind up Adults. shot. Yeah. yeah. You could wind up in the hospital. Yeah. A 40-year-old Vegas man with type 1 diabetes says his Apple Watch saved his life. After the device called emergency services, he fell unconscious due to low blood sugar. The watch's GPS helped the paramedics locate him, even though he was unable to speak. Here is Josh talking about how his watch saved him. I could not talk. 911 could not understand me, but they had the GPS lock on the watch so they knew where I was. I don't think people know enough about their Apple Watch with the fall detection. You know, people that are elderly probably don't know about the fall detection. You actually have to turn it on on your iPhone. Is this anything? That's awesome. That's what that is. I saved that man's life. Also, a little scary to know that they could find me any moment using my watch and all that, you know. I, I've, I've told this story to Hammer uh, like a couple times, so I won't bore you with it again, but it happened to my my mother-in-law but she just dropped her phone and 911 was called because she, she didn't dropped. know she didn't she didn't know that that function was enabled so the phone thought she fell yes wow. and called 911 and uh didn't answer and they tracked her GPS to my house cuz she dropped her phone in my house Yeah, I felt bad for her. She was extremely embarrassed that's a cool but, feature though i mean for for, yeah. for for every life it saves that's awesome I probably would suggest something like that if you're elderly, you yeah. live by yourself. Um, it's like, the, it's like, like the New Age Life Alert. <laughs> exactly. I've fallen and I can't get up. Georgia man arrested and charged with terroristic threats and acts after he shot a firework at a helicopter carrying the bride and groom to a... Pro- uh, he was protesting a wedding venue that he lives behind. So this guy lives behind a wedding venue and he fired a, like a bottle rocket or some sort of Roman candle at the the uh, that's pretty cool getting getting hauled into your wedding on a helicopter. That is cool. David Jeter is accused of being disruptive and abusive towards wedding parties at the venue multiple so, so times. Not his past. first time. Yeah, here is here is the police talking about the quote unquote protest. They're very familiar with him. They've had several instances where he's caused trouble at previous weddings. As the helicopter was leaving one of the 
the residents in that neighborhood shot a mortar into the air that almost struck the helicopter. What do you think? That guy's a menace, first of all, but a mortar, that's not a bottle rocket. That's one of the big ones that blow. You could have killed everybody on that helicopter. Absolutely. And I think it's pretty cool. I don't know what kind of wedding these people are going to and who's throwing this party. But I've never heard of uh, a, a couple coming in on their wedding reception. It's probably a-, a requirement. They're like, listen, the only way you can come here is if you fly out via helicopter because <laughs> right. this menace lives next door. <laughs> okay, it's the Amber and Nigel Show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel Jerry Lopez, a.k.a. Indy Spanglish. Filling in for Jason Hammer. The Democrats had a big night this week. Um, uh, Wins in Kentucky, Ohio, Virginia, Pennsylvania. What does it mean for the Republicans moving forward? Does this translate into success with the presidency in 2024? Here to break it all down for us, one of our favorite guests, political strategist. She's a former congressional candidate and host of the podcast Raven's Radar. Raven Harrison, welcome back to the show. How are you? Thanks, Nigel. Doing great. So, Raven, what do we think uh, about uh, what happened this week? The the Democrats, I, I think they had a good night. I don't think it was as good as 2022. Uh, overall, big picture, what do you think happened? Well, yeah, they had a great night. Uh, it, it was a horrible message, but it was well-delivered, and they put a lot of effort and money into it. So these are the same people who are outraged over babies being blown up in the Middle East, but mm. they're okay with them being beheaded here by their own mothers. So what I'm I'm telling you is the world is on fire right now. We've got, you know, inflation going crazy. We're in two wars, and uh, that we're funding both sides of. The uh, border's wide open. People can't afford their their groceries and gas, but yet this is what the Democrats made their issue about, and the Republicans were not there to meet them. We had no counter-argument. We had no uh, push behind it. Ronna McDaniels was either playing golf or somewhere <laughs> absent, and we and that's what happened. So that was a warning shot for Republicans that you better meet these voters where they are. You know, it, it's it's crazy to me that, that I looked back at the, the Biden presidency so far, and it's just been completely horrible. But but to your point, Democrats fared very, fairly well across the nation. It, it doesn't look like the GOP has much of a message that it's passing on to, to, its, uh, to its voting base, where, to your point, the the left is really pushing these civil issues, whether it's gay marriage, whether it's abortion rights, things like that, that are really emotional for their voting base. You know, what, what do you think the GOP needs to fix before the next election? Well, they need to understand that is all the Democrats have to run on. The economy's a mess. It's on life support. The border's open. You know, inflation. We are in wars. I mean, we are across the board. This is a horrible resume. So they took the one issue they could win on, and they hammered it. Now, the, the GOP, they spent more time at the debate and attacking each other than they do attacking hmm. Joe Biden. He's basically offered this up. And this is where we have to get. We have to get unified, and we have to get on point and we have to go listen these are the issues we should be doing and we should have a great counter message 
to all of these other social issues because none of those are going to put food on the table. Yeah, but so that's what we have to it, we it, have to force Republicans to stay on task. How do you talk about abortion when you're a Republican? Because I think there's many Republicans that are are, are saying they need, we need to stay away from this issue. My thing would be to point out that, look, you guys got Roe v. Wade overturned. I never thought that would have happened in my lifetime, and it's a states' rights thing. And Democrats also want to be able to have the ability to eliminate a baby up till and maybe even after birth. I think that's the way to have that conversation. Is, is that a good strategy? We have to. What we have to do is toss the word Sally because that's what they love to do. You know, abortion up till birth. That's called murder. That's not abortion. So, but they like this term. It makes it a little bit more palatable. And Republicans don't want to go the, near the issue. We should not be talking about reproductive rights. They did not lose any rights. Uh, all they've done is transfer it to the state. If you really want to kill your baby, then you got to move to a state that lets you do it. It's as simple as that. But what we need to be talking about is sexual responsibility. They don't want to use the terms. But we don't want to be firm on our position. And if you're not going to stand for it, then what do you basically offer the conservative base? You guys have got to, we're going to have to take on these tough issues because these are the ones that we're getting creamed on at the ballot box. But if we're afraid to talk about it, then we have to hand it over to them. So that's what we need to do is be willing to have these conversations. I'll do it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's even my daughter who's 20. She's abortion, 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 abortion. They're just being fed this all day, especially the young women. Correct. And, and you know, you have these older mothers that are, they feel like they're fighting for their daughters, so to speak, uh, when it comes to this issue. It's really tricky, but I don't think that when we say we want to go total ban that that does us any favors. Well, just remind your daughter that, you know, the reason she's alive here to have that discussion is because her mom chose life. That's always... Uh, what I say to people is, you know, you're alive to have this discussion because your mom chose life and they've got no comeback to that. Zero. Raven Harrison, political strategist, one of our favorite guests here on the Hammer and Nigel show. You mentioned the debates. Let's um, turn our attention last night to GOP primary debate. I find it interesting that they barely even mentioned Donald Trump and they barely even mentioned Joe Biden. A lot of infighting with the five people up there. Yeah. I didn't think it was a bad debate. I think I did not. I thought the questions were good. Your overall thoughts on what you saw last night. I thought it was a pointless debate. We'll yes. call a debate out of respect. I would call that vice presidential tryout. And uh, but what I would say is, <laughs> yeah, they didn't need to talk about. We spent more time attacking. This is just up for grabs. Joe Biden is literally he can't walk across the stage. Mm. But yet we're attacking each other. And I thought that was the Vivek Ramaswamy show. That was yes. savage of him calling out Ronna McDaniel, which needed to happen right to her face in the front row. He had all of these people in meltdowns, and he did an excellent job of pointing out the hypocrisy that lies in our own party of Nikki Haley saying, well, Donald Trump spent a ton of money, but yet she wants to fund all these wars. And possibly, you know, I mean, this was, and DeSantis saying, well, I stopped Chinese sales. He's like, until you change the rules that allowed them to stay. I mean, it was absolutely brutal, but needed to happen of just going, this is why we can't go anywhere. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was hilarious when Vivek called the GOP a bunch of losers and said, there's no reason you guys should be moderating. It should be Joe Rogan, Tucker, and Elon yes. Musk. <laughs> yeah, that yes. resonated. That resonated, It made it? sense. Those are the voices of the party, though. But everybody was thinking that. Of Why would you have... 
you know, a debate on NBC. You know, do you think the Democrats would any universe have conservatives moderating their debates? I mean, it is absolutely unconscionably stupid and very typical of the GOP who, you know, that that's an indefensible position. But yet they did this. They killed their own viewer, viewership base and the ratings were terrible. And Trump still won. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, Trump doesn't need to be at these debates, even though one of the few times they talked about Trump last night was criticizing him for not showing up. I believe Ron DeSantis did that. Hey, by the way, just real quick, why is Chris Christie up there? <laughs> he, I mean, that guy, he is a, he is an ass. I mean, really, he, and he was completely underwhelming. What's comic that? relief, and who I'm going to go with comic relief, and whoever's day it is to watch him is probably on vacation. Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think he probably has one of those stamp cards, like you attend ten debates, you get free Krispy Kremes or something. Like he's got it. There's got to be. He has no business being up there at all. You know, Vivet looked yeah. great, but I think it's it's uh, he's the leader of of who's not going to win. Like it doesn't matter, and 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 I think Trump is doing the right thing by staying away. I just wonder yeah. how how electable he is. I've I've always been, you know, he. I think he will have a hard time getting elected because if we want to talk about the issues of the last election, we haven't fixed any of them, whether it's mail-in voting, whether it's voter ID, whether it's ballot harvesting, whether it's any of the things that we complained about, none of it's been resolved. Well, correct. But the problem is, is now we've got the base. This is the time for we the people. And that's what I tell people. That's the hope in all of this. We've done it once. We can do it again. But if we're expecting these politicians who made these problems to fix it, then that's where we're going off. But 38 percent turnout for the election by conservatives, that's not going to get it. No. are going to have to report to this line. That is not going to get it. Raven Harrison, political strategist, also uh, author of Raven's Mantle, Fighting the Betrayal of America. Talk about your book real quick. Well, this is what we're talking about. I'm a child of the Cold War. I'm the daughter of two Air Force colonels and the wife of a retired C-17 pilot. So this is a loop we're on. We fought the Cold War once, and we won it, and we can win it again. But we need patriots to get to that line. So it's an incredible story you got to read to believe. Raven, are you on social media? You have your podcast called Raven's Radar. Where can people find you? They can find me at my website when Google's not censoring it <laughs> at ravenharrison.com. And I'm on social media at Raven, the conservative warrior, Raven underscore TX warrior. Raven, always love having you on. Hope to talk to you soon. Have a great weekend. Likewise. You guys, too. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. We'll go to the WIBC hotline, get an update from a friend of the show, Brian Alvey, former military member and basically the guy that came up with the Warrior 110 project. Brian, I know Veterans Day is coming up this Saturday, and you are in the middle of a long, long, long walk to raise money for veterans with post-traumatic stress syndrome, PTSD. And just remind everybody who you are, your background, and then we'll talk about where you are with the warrior 110 right now sure thing man thanks for having me back on i appreciate you guys as always um so i started the warrior 110 about a little over five years ago and we just created an organization to help maintain and uh, bring awareness to the struggles that combat veterans have with respect to post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injuries which we all know is the big reason and leading cause that uh, leads to uh, the epidemic that is veteran suicide. So we kind of just wanted to take an angle of uh, attacking the cause and not the outcome a little bit. And then uh, 
and we started you know we call it our cornerstone event of all the different things we do year-round to raise awareness in that we uh we do a, a ridiculously stupid 110-mile ruck march where we put our packs on our back, our heavy packs, <laughs> and then we ruck march. From the first year we started in New Albany, ended in Franklin. Well, we've upped the stakes uh, as we went along, and this year we started in Louisville, and we will be finishing Saturday, Veterans Day, appropriately this year. Uh, at 4 p.m., we're going to be arriving at Coach's Tavern downtown Indianapolis, where we will take the last three blocks with everybody that shows up to greet us to the circle, Soldiers and Sailors Monument, which is appropriate. And then we're going to come back to coaches after the fact to see if we can't dispense with their entire inventory behind the <laughs> So the Warrior 110's fifth annual mission complete party this Saturday at Coach's Tavern. Brian, remind everybody your military background. And we don't have to get too personal here, but you had to deal with some of the things that you are, are raising money for, right? Yeah, I did on both uh, both fronts. I, uh, you know, I had my uh, share of it, and it never goes away. So you, you just have to learn how to uh, maintain it and uh, deal with it and, and move forward. Which you know, you know, with the blessing of God, I was able to do that. So I was really, really committed to creating something that just helped keep the awareness up, whereas other veterans can find solutions and whatnot. Big things been getting veterans doing jujitsu. We've been working on getting different veterans, uh, you know, some scholarships to different jujitsu academies around Indiana, and uh, that's been a big godsend for a lot of vets as well. Um, you know, I spent a little over 20 years combined service in, in the United States Army, Reserve and National Guard active, all three combined, retiring, uh, medically retiring back in 12 and uh you know it, yeah needed a new mission in life so yeah. this was this has become my big mission outside of you know doing those things that you need to do to you know pay the rent so to speak um this is this has become my baby tell me about jujitsu why do you, you think that seems to help veterans with post-traumatic stress syndrome um sort of deal and process what they're going through yeah you know here's the thing i with I can't over-articulate it like some of these smart guys with alphabets behind their name, these doctors and whatnot. There's some, I don't know how it works, but I know firsthand that it does work, and I know a lot of guys that are benefiting from it. And it's just getting out there, getting on the mats, the, doing something hard, and, and you know, getting connected with other people and bonding through the training, everything. I mean, the, the University of Central Florida has done some studies on it, and, you know, the positive effects, uh, you know, for people that are struggling with people or depression or any any of those hidden wounds or hidden things that you know psychologically hold us back sometimes in life it just had I you know I'll be having the worst day you know just that black cloud hanging over my head sure. I'll be sitting on the couch and I'll just uh, just grab your bag I'll grab my bag I, I get your keys I get my keys I get in the truck you know I take the truck I go to the gym I put on my gear I sit on that mat and then I, I, I it's like the best drug you could ever take you know you're feeling horrible and one five minute sparring round and I sit up and it's all gone it's just it's just amazing it's incredible I, I challenge anybody and everybody, I don't care what your background in life is, to come try it. It's, it's just, you know, it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal thing for, for, for your mental clarity and relief. We're speaking with Brian Alvey, who is currently on the Warrior 110 March. Did you start, did it start yesterday or the day before in Louisville? Uh, we started Monday evening. Okay. Uh, uh, in Louisville, you know, we came across the big four bridge there, the big pedestrian bridge. Yeah. You know? 
Walked a little bit in the dark that evening. Not the brightest thing in the world to do, but, you know, I'm not known for my, you know, <laughs> my belly. So, there we go, Harry, up 31. But at any route, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're in the Columbus area now this evening, and our goal wow. is to get all the way to the Taylorsville, Edinburgh. Everybody knows that is the outlet mall. That area yep. is our goal this evening. So, uh, we, could, uh, we could drive it home. Saturday, and then so at night, do you do you uh, are you sleeping in a camper? Are you did you go to ho- a, a hotel? Do you have bathroom breaks and things like that on this this one hundred and ten mile march? So <laughs> the first year, yes, we did do that. That was a huge mistake. Uh, I, I'm too old for this crap as it is. So yeah, we pushed the wood line the first day. That was that was rough. So no, not now. I, I think walking the distance with the pack on our back, the rucks, is enough. I stay in hotels, look for hot tubs, and drink copious amounts of lights out bourbon. Uh, <laughs> Throughout the whole thing, you know, last night we hung out at the uh, Seymour uh, American Legion uh, post 89. They've been amazing to us. They help us with a chase vehicle most of the route and everything. And so you have an night. escort during the route most of the time. Uh, majority of the time, yes. We have. Well, we have somebody to call we can call real quick if we need something. You know, potty break stuff like that. Because sure. I like. I'm too old to be pushing into the wood line anymore. So, <laughs> but you know, we had a nice dinner and drink a few beers last night and. And you're, and you're uh, and you're on the road again today, and you will wind up hopefully on Monument Circle on Veterans Day late afternoon. Circle back around, and then the Warrior One Ten, the uh, the fifth annual Mission Complete Party at Coach's Tavern. If somebody wants to donate to your cause, uh, what can they do? Well. Go to our website, uh, what you, and you can get to our website via our Facebook. You just dump the Warrior 110 into Facebook, and you will find it. But uh, our website is thewarrior110.org, thewarrior110.org. Go there. You can donate there. You can contribute. You can read about us. You can see a lot of our current status of what we're doing right now on our Facebook page. So, anyway, just go to our website. You can donate right there, and you can learn all about us. Hey, Brian, best of luck to you, man. You've been a longtime friend of the show. Thank you for your service. And we'll see you Veterans Day on Monument Circle with the after party at Coach's Tavern. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. You guys have been a godsend to us. We appreciate your assistance. We'll be right back. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. And Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock Jerry Lopez is filling in for Hammer. You can find him at Indie Spanglish on X. My name is Nigel. I've been hearing drips and drabs, conflicting reports about a uh, some sort of a pause in the war between Israel and Hamas and the Gaza Strip. Uh, the White House came out today and said, yeah, we're going to start doing four-hour daily pauses to get the humanitarian aid in there. And I'm thinking... What do you have to do with it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what, 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 what right do we have to tell Israel so, they need to take four-hour timeouts? So it turns out, and in Israel, I heard him 
describe it at the top of the hour. The the news the they they are doing Israel is doing like localized pinpoint measures in terms of humanitarian aid, but this idea of a pause and uh, old Bibi Netanyahu got word of this and said, yeah, that's not happening. We're not doing that. So somebody got out in front of their skis today, and it's not to say something might not happen down the road, but but. But Jerry, when I when I hear pause, I hear ceasefire. Right? Uh, yeah, it means the same thing to me. And I don't know why you would do either one of those things now that you have Hamas on its heels. Hamas totally on its heels, surrounded. Um, it's time uh, to get some hostages. I hear there's some uh, negotiations for some hostages. I heard the number was twelve. I think we need two hundred of them. Oh, there's yeah, yeah. 12, twelve is not going to get it done. Uh, I hate agreeing with somebody like Pantsu Patty, also known as Hillary Clinton. But here she is last week on any sort of pause or ceasefire. Again, this is Democrat Hillary Clinton. People who are calling for a ceasefire now do not understand Hamas. That is not possible. It would be such a gift to Hamas because they would spend whatever time there was a ceasefire in effect rebuilding their uh, armaments. Even Even as little as four hours. That helps. I mean, any little amount of time helps Hamas. It's benefit for them. Uh, And then today, Biden, little uh, impromptu press conference outside Air Force One. Uh, They asked him, did you ask for a pause? Did you ask for a three-day pause to Netanyahu? No, I've been asking for a pause for a lot more than three days. (laughs) Did you catch that? First of all, he's trying to make a joke. I've been asking for a pause for more than three days. Did you ask for a three-day pause to Netanyahu? You know, I've been asking for a pause for a lot more than three days. (laughs) Did you ask him to pause for three days to get the hospital out? Yes. I've asked for even a longer pause for some of them. Asked for an even longer pause. I mean, who does that benefit? Well, it only benefits Hamas. By the way, did you see the pictures of like the leaders of Hamas in Qatar and hanging how they're out, living, hanging out on the jets and billions of dollars? And, oh, yeah. the guys on the tread, the leaders like on the treadmill. He's playing ping pong. But that's par for the course for these regimes. Like when I was deployed to Iraq, we had Saddam's palaces, and literally, you, we, we would we would take them over, we'd set up shop, and that's where we would have our computers and stuff. And we'd go up to the top of the palace, and you would look a hundred yards, and there's people with no electricity. You were in Saddam's palace. Yeah, and this guy has sh- chandeliers as far as the eyes can see. And the people over there don't even have electricity. <laughs> wow. That is unbelievable. Uh, and we are creeping up on Veterans Day here. And I want to thank you for your service, Mr. Lopez, by the way. I, I So, how long were you in Iraq? Uh, so, I was. I did two deployments overseas. So, I was over there for six months the first time, eight months the second time as a DOD contractor. Okay. Yeah, pretty hot over there. Right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, my, my, it's uh, the only place in the world that I've been where it's hotter when the wind blows than when it's not. <laughs> I, uh, my uh, brother-in-law Law spent uh, eight months in Kuwait, oh, yeah. and he said it's a different kind of hot. So I came back from overseas and took the kids to Florida, and I was on the beach in full hoodie, <laughs> 77 degrees, freezing my tail off. Here's a little bit more from Joe Biden saying he's frustrated at Bibi Netanyahu. Mr. President, are you frustrated with Prime Minister Netanyahu that he has not listened more to some of the things you have asked him to do? Are you frustrated? Yeah, he's taking a little bit longer than I'd hoped. What does he want? And what what do you have to do with it? 
Israel has a right to defend itself. They're going to go in there and eradicate Hamas. Um, it should be from the from the river to the sea. Palestine must be free from Hamas. One hundred percent. That if you add that on to the little thing, um, to that little saying, which we'll get to. Well, we have an update from Rashida Tlaib here in just a second. She's kind of starting to walk things back. Tell me about <laughs> you, you. You sent me this thing, the, this Hamas pop quiz. What? What? <laughs> this was. I was dying. What is this? Yeah. So you know, college students all over the world, or all over the U.S. in particular, are protesting, and they're 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 saying they're pro Palestine, but in all reality, it's pro Hamas, sure. right? So this guy's going around asking kids on college students uh, this horrible thing: Is it this terror group, or is it Hamas? Yeah. And uh, you'll have to here check these answers out. We're going to play a game called Hamas or. There is no law against raping your wife. Is this Hamas or the Taliban? The Taliban? The answer was Hamas. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> this law makes it nearly impossible for women and kids to submit claims of incest. Is that Hamas or North Korea? North Korea? The answer was Hamas. Strike two. Women of all ages legally need a male guardian to travel. Is that Hamas or ISIS? ISIS. The answer was Hamas. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's... In an honor killing, it is basically legal for men to murder women and girls if they are promiscuous. Is that Hamas or the Taliban? Taliban? The answer was Hamas. Uh, this is a real terrorist organization. They're not freedom fighters. Hamas was just every one of them. This seems so unfair for women. Thanks for educating yeah, it's, me. Yeah, I think about all the women that are out here protesting for yeah, Hamas. No kidding. And it just seems like these protesters don't know what they're protesting about. And we had a perfect example of that. A couple, I think last week we played this guy on a college campus. I, I don't know if it's the same. This might be a different guy uh, petitioning for um, you know on the heels of this guy going around. On a college campus asking students to sign a petition to help Hamas free Palestine. Doing a, a quick petition to help Hamas free Palestine. Uh, you're all in? All right. Oh, uh, yeah, you're in? I just have to read terms and conditions just so you know, you know what you're signing. By supporting Hamas freeing Palestine, you agree to the following. You agree that every Jew, Christian, and non-Muslim in the world must be slaughtered? I don't know about that one. You endorse making homosexuality punishable by jail or death? I love how the first guy says, yeah, I don't know about that that one. one. Uh, I believe Iran should use Palestinians as puppets to spread radical jihad and destroy the West. No, no. I'm glad I okay, read it. So you get the idea. I mean, people have no idea what they this have, is really about, they, and what they're protesting or marching for, or who they're marching for. But it's an issue with this whole generation, right? They get all of their information from TikTok. You know, yeah. no, nobody's doing any real research on any of this stuff. They say, see some buffoon put out a TikTok video, and next thing you know, that's their opinion. It's even the opinion. I hate again. Joy Reid, MSNBC. Listen oh. to this clip. You, you're telling me you agree with Joy Reid and but, Hillary Clinton? Just, yeah, this is. <laughs> Listen to this clip. This is Representative Brad Schneider, Democrat out of Illinois. He's one of the Democrats that voted to censure uh, uh, Representative Tlaib out of Michigan for the river to the sea statements, right? And by the way, censure is not the same thing as censor. Nobody's taking anybody's free speech away. It's basically a sternly worded letter uh, admonishing her for her comments. So anyway, Representative Schneider went on MSNBC and listen to this clip. Even notorious race baiter, race baiter, Joy Reid, agrees what that that phrase from the river to the sea 
really means. When they say from the river to the sea, it has a very specific meaning, and that meaning meaning needed to be called out. Well, let me ask you this question, because this phrase has had many meetings over the many years, um, and it has been used in ways that I think could be arguably um, negative toward Israel or wanting Israel not to exist anymore. But not everyone agrees that that's what it is. I mean, when you've lost Joy Reid, and even then she's trying to make excuses for it right. there. But she basically said, yeah, this is what it means, and everybody thinks this is what it means. And that's Joy Reid. It's getting hard to cover up at this point. It is. Another Democrat that voted to censor Tlaib is Jared Moskowitz out of Florida. He went on Fox News and was bewildered as to why Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre couldn't condemn people. We've seen 30 millions of these videos of people tearing down posters of hostages that were taken by Hamas. Have you seen those those videos, Jerry? I have not. People all over the country have been, t- you know, you hang up a missing, or, you oh, know, no, missing, taking down the, the leaflets, taking down the leaflets yeah. and the flyers yeah. of people that have been taken hostage uh, by Hamas in Israel. Here he is on Fox News. Again, this is a Democrat on Fox News. They play the clip of the uh, of Karine Jean-Pierre first being asked about this. A lot of videos of individuals who have been tearing down signs, many of these taking place in New York City, of Israelis presently being held hostage in Gaza. Is the White House's view that these actions should be condemned, the pulling of the pulling down of them, or that that's a form of peaceful protest? Look, I, I I've, I've sort of kind of seen the reporting here and there. I think it was from last week, There's right? Been like 30 million videos that got around. No, I know. I hear you. I hear you. I'm she just not answer. going to. Uh, I'm not going to. Okay? I'm not okay. going. Is that peaceful protest to pull I, that down, or should I, you not be? Doing I'm just that? not going to go into uh, specifics on that particular thing. Congressman, should this be condemned outright, automatically? Yeah, of course. Uh, uh, we, we saw this, unfortunately, previously on the issue of anti-Semitism. Now, again, I'm happy that the press secretary has put out something on Twitter condemning the removal uh, of these posters. Uh, and so, you know, I don't know why it can't happen at the podium, and it has to continue to happen on Twitter. Obviously, that that's concerning. That was a, a, a Representative Moskowitz out of Florida being like, yeah, why, why, why can't you condemn taking down those uh, hostage posters right at the podium. Why do you have to wait to get your marching orders from whoever is in charge at the White House and then release a statement on Twitter, some weak, you know, mealy mouth statement? Yeah, it's it's crazy that, that nobody just comes right out and says what happened was wrong. Meanwhile, it seems like the uh, representative out of Michigan, Rashida Tlaib, is backtracking on the, the whole river to the sea thing for which she was, you know, again, censored in the House, censured. The phrase from the river to the sea is actually about peaceful coexistence. Did you know that, Jerry? Peaceful I not, coexistence. I, I want you to explain, like, what you mean by it and why you used it or why you included it in the video. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm asking my colleagues, don't distort the words of my residents. Many people in this movement for human rights for Palestinians have always centered around coexistence. Uh, uh, you hear them calling for that uh, okay. and saying that, you know, no matter your faith, your ethnicity, your background, you should be able to live uh, without fear, without discrimination, without this kind of inequality that, you know, Netanyahu's extremist party and his leadership <laughs> has been pushing. And so for many of my colleagues, they know uh, and deep in their hearts where my heart is. Okay, so uh, it's it's Netanyahu that's the extremist, and Palestinians can't coexist with is Israel with Hamas in charge. I, I've never seen the Hamas symbol on the coexist bumper <laughs> yeah. sticker. Hello, it's the 
Hammer and Nigel show. I'm Nigel. Jerry Lopez filling in for Hammer. Rob Kendall going off the rails right around the corner here. Uh, first, I can give complete credit to Indy Spanglish over here. He uh, he sent this one to me. This chick's getting a DUI. She, what is she trying to get out of a DUI by saying she's she's a Native American or something like that? Oh yeah, the excuses are are amazing. So the cop just pulls her over and basically says, "Have you had anything to drink today?" And she goes on to explain a little bit more than that. Miss Perry, am I? St- well, I'm non-binary, so. <laughs> How can I refer to you tonight, Kai? Okay. Hey, I'm smelling alcohol. I know. How much have you consumed tonight? Like probably three drinks. I need to run you through some tests right now. Stand facing me, please. But I just want you to know that I also have very bad social anxiety. You and me both. (laughs) Okay, so that started out pretty interesting. She's non-binary. Just want to let you know ahead of time, police cool officer. officer. What should I call yeah, you? Yeah, what, what should, I, should call I call you? How should I address you? And now that she, she's, the excuses are starting to come out. Very high anxiety. Oh, by the way, I'm non-binary. Just so you know. Uh, here she is. Now out of the car, saying that the police officer is trying to intimidate her by giving her uh, one of those eyesight tests where you move your finger, I think. Focus on my finger, please. I am. You're just, like, trying to intimidate me. I don't know how I'm trying to do that. (laughs) This is the test. As you know, as an indigenous person, and there's a bunch of (laughs) s*** going around, I'm sorry, but it's just for me to be on my toes. I get you. Remember that I told you that? <laughs> I'm non-binary. Non-binary. Yeah, I'll try my hardest. I'll refer to you as Kai, right? Yes. Perfect. Okay, you got to remember, she's non-binary. She's nervous. She's an indigenous person. She doesn't like. I, I think she's kind of squeamish about you know having a, a white cop. Yeah. Uh, but again, this is you know she's getting pulled over for a DUI. Boy, the cop made a mistake. He called this person ma'am. Ruh row. Oh boy. Now with your right foot, place it in front of your left in a heel to toe touching manner, with your arms by your side, just like this, ma'am. Can you not call me ma'am, please. I'm trying my hardest. <laughs> okay. Cool. Okay. It means a lot to me. I'm trying my hardest. I don't feel like a man, so. Okay. It's kind of triggering. Right foot in front of your left. <laughs> nope, go back. I'm sorry, but the whole man thing just like. I apologize. <laughs> She's crying. This cop is awesome. He's doing a great I, job. I'm sorry, I called you ma'am. You're a woman, but you identify as non binary, and she's triggered now by the word ma'am. And uh, you know the excuse is coming. Here it comes. Here it comes. Put your hands behind your back, and all hell breaks loose. Oh, but I just want to tell you that I suffer from really bad anxiety, especially uh, with generational trauma and PTSD around white people. (laughs) There it is. Go ahead and place your hands behind your back. Don't, dude. Don't make don't, it hard. Please. Don't make it hard. No, don't. you're... You're going to get a resistance. Dude, I... You're going to get a resistance. I don't. Don't resist. Don't. Listen to me. Don't resist. Don't. You're being Come a here. white man and... Come don't. Here. I followed all of your shit. Like, I'm an indigenous person. Like, you guys. You guys are scaring me. There's nothing to be afraid of. Nice. Nobody wants equal rights. Everybody wants special privileges. I mean, that's, that's what it boils it. down to. That, that's absolutely boils down. And I wrote it down, and I forget who said this on Twitter, but they described it perfectly. It wasn't me. I, I, I didn't jot down the guy who said it. 
when your false victimhood doesn't reduce your blood alcohol level significantly enough to pull the non-binary wool over the police officer's eyes. That's great. <laughs> that is the description. <laughs> uh, maybe a minute left here. Uh, House Republicans have moved to ban Biden and the administration and their use of Latinx and Latinx? Yeah, Latinx. Latin, oh, Latinx? Yeah. Is, is, is it Latinx or Latinx yeah, or both? That's the word that white liberal women decided we wanted to be called as Latinos. <laughs> they a, chose that word for us. You're a Latino, yeah. right? Not, and, so all tell of me our about, words are O and A. They're masculine and feminine. <laughs> Don't throw an X at the end of our stuff and tell me I'm supposed to feel better about it. So, what, so, so they're saying even Democrats, even Hispanic Democrats are None on board. None of us want this. It's so stupid. We're not caught up in this. Right. So, they're saying that it's trying to erase centuries-old culture in Hispanics. We've had enough, yeah. is what one of no. the House Democrats Look, we're not, said. We're not caught up in this stuff, Karen. Relax. <laughs> I love it. Man, I love it. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! And now... Nigel go off the rails with Rob Kendall on 93 WIBC. Yeah, my name is Nigel. Jerry Lopez, Indy Spanglish, filling in for Jason Hammer. And there he is, the man of the hour, Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey Show. How are you? I'm bullcrap you not. It's Indy Spanglish. What an upstanding <laughs> citizen. Boy, what a joy to be here. Thanks, as always, to our segment sponsor, Garage Doors of Indianapolis. Any number of places we could start. Let's do the debates last night, GOP debates. Presidential debates. I, I actually didn't think it was bad. I thought it was entertaining. I thought the questions were good. I thought um, probably Vivek won, in my opinion. What did you think of what you saw last night of the GOP debate? Yeah, it definitely was the best debate because they had a whole bunch of those turkeys who were on the first couple debates, Burgum and yes. Pence and Hutchison, and they said, it's time to serve you people at Thanksgiving and let's get to the people <laughs> that people want to see. And when you, you have fewer people, you can actually have meaningful dialogue dialogue and conversation and that all rests on rona rona mcdaniel like why do you allow people at one percent if you've been at it for three or four months and you're at one percent you have no business being up there wasn't that the best when vivek was like hey rona if you want to come up here right now and resign i'll yield my time to you what did you think i mean vivek i, I really think ron DeSantis probably performed the best but vivek by far and away outshined everybody else. Well, so we were talking about this today on the show, and Ethan Hatcher was was in for Casey today. DeSantis is the best on policy and in terms of substance, but my gosh, he's so boring. And we live in a world now where if you wanted substance, DeSantis would be the leader. And not only is he not the leader, he may not even be second anymore. And it's like he just doesn't have another gear. And you're right, Ramaswamy stole the show. And then what was great, I don't know what you guys think, he's on camera and it appears he's given the business to Rona Rana after the thing. He's down there looking at her, pointing at her. And I, people are like, yeah, we need some fire to that. 
where is that stuff out of DeSantis? Yeah, as somebody who lives online, I can tell you right now, Vivek is running the streets. Like, he is leading the pack of people that won't get the nomination, but he did great last night. And if you can't defend yourself from Vivek Ramaswamy, and I'm not saying it's an easy task, but if you can't stand up to him, how are you going to do it uh, against Trump? Yeah, I, I, look, it's, again, it's not... We've devolved now to the point where the, the the substance doesn't matter. And when we say substance doesn't matter, those people agree about 80 to 85 percent on that stage. It's all the same yeah. stuff. We got to yeah. get the spending under control. We got it. So it's really has turned into a stylistic operation and it is a grab the headlines operation. And in terms of that, if you wanted the best guy to be president, it's DeSantis. But that's not how people pick a president anymore. And so you're right. By that standard, Ramaswamy got what all of them should have wanted, which is the most amount of positive attention. Yeah, I'm not denying that that uh, DeSantis is probably not the most uh, prepared right now to be president out of the group, but Vivek stole the headline. Absolutely. I mean, in a 10-second attention span uh, Absolutely. Society, Who do you think is, Jerry? Uh, Nikki? Nikki Haley? Not a chance. I mean, I, it has Who's to the be. most prepared on that stage? Oh, Ron DeSantis, okay, by, I thought, by far. I thought you were saying he was. No, he is by far. By yeah, far. and... and, and Ramaswamy said the thing that so many people think, which is the Republican Party is a party of losers right now. They are run by cronies and insiders who don't know how to win. And part of this rests on Trump, which is the most interesting part of this, because Trump wanted four more years of Rona, Ronna McDaniel. Trump wanted Kevin McCarthy. And I don't know how you guys feel about this, but it blows my mind, and we talked about this today, that no matter what stupid thing Trump does, or no matter what stupid person he endorses, or no matter how many times that that he loses, people are just like, doesn't matter, it's Trump. I mean, McCarthy and Rona, Ronna are the problem, they're the problem, (laughs) and yet he's totally immune to any criticism on it. I saw where he posted on uh, Truth that he was uh, supporting the governor of uh, Kentucky yes. in a race. Then when he lost, he was like, I had nothing to do with me. Yeah, it's, <laughs> he should have listened to me instead. That, that's how Nigel is with my radio career. Oh, yeah, I think it's great that Rob's here. We <laughs> Hammer and I got him in here. And then the first time I got drugged into David Wood's office, oh, I can't believe you guys hired that guy. What a terrible <laughs> choice. What do you make, and I heard this, I think heard Tony Katz mention this today. What do you think of the fact that there was only a total of probably 20 to 30 seconds even spent on Donald Trump and or Joe Biden's policies last night. Well, I think the non-Trump stuff works well for those people because Trump is like some bad guy villain in a video game that unless you've got... A, 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 Jerry, you, you strike me as the sort of guy that put a lot of quarters in the Pizza Hut arcade. Yeah, he's machine. the final boss. Trump's yeah. the final boss. <laughs> yes, and it's like, you yeah. unless you came with $83 in quarters, yeah. you are not yeah. getting through that game at the Pizza Hut on him, so it probably worked better for them that they didn't mention him. We're speaking with Rob Kendall going off the rails. Let's start with the uh, elections this week. We'll start nationwide. Republicans taking some hits. Democrats having success in Ohio, in Kentucky, in Virginia. A lot of people saying abortion is the reason why uh, uh, the Republicans are are losing. I I don't know that it was all doom and gloom for Republicans uh, throughout throughout the country. What do you make of what happened? There's no coherent message from the Republican Party. They're all over the map. And I think the biggest part of this is that Donald Trump is a lazy politician. And what I mean by that is when Trump won in 2016, 
he had a horribly run operation. It was literally, I mean, there were people in Ohio and Michigan and Wisconsin and who literally just of their own, and you'd see this all the time, they had little Facebook groups that would be like, I'm going to be at the Wendy's at such and such a place between 2 and 4 p.m. I have 200 signs, come get some. That had nothing to do with Trump's actual operation. These people were just doing it themselves. And somehow he won. But that is not sustainable. And Trump has been that same politician the entire time. Republicans have forgot how to win. They don't have a defined message. They don't have defined operations. They don't have defined talking points. And that's because the guy at the top doesn't operate that way. And that's why in a place like Ohio that is run by Republicans, you now have on-demand abortion from conception to live birth. It, it, Republicans have got to get it together on messaging and execution because they are in big trouble. But back to your previous point, that starts with the GOP chairwoman. It, well, it does. But the problem is when you got Goofy McGee as the as the face of the party, who's got Roseanne Barr, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, as the, as the main event at his rally. Yes, I, I, mean, I almost wanted to send her a cease and desist. You can't say that. <laughs> I mean, wait, tell people what you're talking about, real quick. So, with- so at Trump's rally last night, Roseanne Barr. Well, I don't even know if her name is Barr anymore. Roseanne was the opening act, and she's using profanity on stage and getting trying to get the crowd to chant profanity. And look, it's fine for the people in that in. in in that stadium because they're Trump loyalists, but the average person's looking at that and going, "It's a sideshow." Yeah, Roseanne, really? Like that's who we're going to entrust to be <laughs> d- deep advisors on the Israeli-Hamas conflict? I mean, come on, man. He's not. Trump gives off that he's not a serious person, and that needlessly alienates a whole bunch of people. I think, um, as a whole, I don't think it was bad for Republicans, as everybody says it was. I mean, they, they flipped to the Louisiana governor mansion. Uh, the Republicans held the Mississippi governor. There was uh, a state senate seat in Massachusetts. I'm looking at here, some city elections in New York. I mean, that wasn't all doom and gloom nationwide, was it? Yeah, but it's like John Connor stayed along, alive a long time in Terminator on his own, too. It didn't make it an effective way to try to fight the cyborgs. I mean, look, there's just no, there's no coherent messaging from the Republicans. Can you guys tell me right now, and I'm not being facetious when I'm asking this, do you have any concrete policy proposals that you know of from Donald Trump going into 2024? No. He's the front runner. He's going to be, in the, barring some sort of, you know, just incredible thing, the Republican nominee for president. And I can't tell you because saying I would solve the Ukraine-Russia conflict in 24 yeah, that's hours. That's what I was going to say. That, that's not, that's not a policy proposal. It's, it's not. And, and, and so you have an undisciplined guy at the top of the ticket who's not really even interested in the nuances of governance. He's on a revenge tour. And so you have a party that is without messaging. They are without issues to run on. And so what you see is in a place like Kentucky, where there is some discipline at the top of the ticket. Now, the rest of the down ballot went traditional. But if you're up against a disciplined incumbent like Bashir, you're going to lose. The fact that they lost in Ohio and got caught so flat-footed on that, and that really, look, those people who want on-demand abortion from conception, conception to live birth are sick, gross, disgusting people. But they're really smart. They tied it to marijuana legalization, and you got a huge number of super liberal people. It was like the the coalition of the willing there uh, between smoking weed and sucking brains out of fetuses, and they they passed them both. Republicans are getting beat on strategy. Do, do Republicans need to stay away from abortion next year? I mean, in fact, I mean, do they need to just maybe highlight how it's Roe v. Wade? It's it's a states' rights thing, and they need to highlight that exactly what you said. The Democrats. 
Democrats are for uh, from you know from the moment of conception to birth. That's well, what they need to. That's what they need to concentrate on if they're going to talk about abortion. Well, J.D. Vance, who is the senator from Ohio, wrote a big long piece about this, and Tony was talking about it yesterday. I'm loath to give Tony credit for anything, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I, th- I, th- I thought it was. I thought he made a fair point, which is ultimately. It won't be decided. This issue will not be decided legislatively. It's a cultural battle. Now, in a place like Indiana, where there is no ballot initiative access, you can pass whatever law you want, and the most pro-life thing, and we have a pretty good abortion bill in this state. But in a place like Ohio, that was terrible strategy on their part to go way... Look, it's where I would want. I like the bill, but the reality is you opened up. Be careful what you wished for. You just might get it. You opened up a bunch of on-demand abortion lunatics who who were able to convince other people, well, this is too extreme, versus if you'd maybe started at 15 weeks and then tried to gradually pare it back. Now, does that save all the lives we need to save immediately? No, but now what we have is something way worse than what we had before. So the Republicans have got to come up with some sort of messaging and strategy strategy on this about the culture of life and protecting and defending life that they can appeal to reasonable people who can be swayed. The, the, the only state with the worst abortion policy is Illinois. Yeah. If you leave your kid on the street in Chicago after nine o'clock, they'll kill him for you. You know, like <laughs> oh, it's not man. even really an issue up to the age of 18. They will take care of it. <laughs> Going off the rails with Rob Kendall. I'm Nigel Jerry Lopez filling in for Hammer locally. The elections here, did they go about how you thought they would go? Well, I was really hoping there at the end you were going to uh, uh, launch a last-ditched independent run against John Stair for mayor, but since that didn't uh, that didn't happen... Um, I'll, well, I'll, I'll repeat myself. Whenever you say that, I don't know how to run a 5K, much less... <laughs> Town. <laughs> what do you think John Stair actually knows about running Zionsville? I mean, like nobody, Mayor Emily. Exactly right. Nobody knows. Trust me. When I'm somebody who did it, you never know until you get in there. But who would have thought that if you tell law-abiding gun owners that they are the problem and that you're uh, the backbone of your campaign is uh, proposing blatantly illegal unconstitutional things that people who care about the law and the constitution wouldn't vote for you i mean jefferson shreve oh, who knows what the final total will be maybe it'll be 20 million dollars i don't know he blew through a lot of money and he did absolutely no better than Cindy Carrasco the year before. And in fact, it looks like he may have even done mm. worse. When you don't stand for anything, when people don't believe in you, you are not going to win, especially in a place where you're totally outnumbered in terms of registration. And why can't we get, we, we can't find any Republican? I mean, there were some Democrat town councils here in Marion County uh, position seats that ran unopposed. Just like in Brownsburg, right? Yeah, well, and, and here's a great example, though. The Democrats, so the, for the first time, Brownsburg has a Democrat who beat the Republican. She didn't win because she ran some great operation. She won because the Republicans in Brownsburg have done nothing but raise taxes and grow government and approve high-density housing developments like they're going out of style. And the people are looking at this and going... Why would we vote for you? The guy she ran against ran a terrible campaign. He didn't really try. And this is, a this is again, it is the Republican Party stands for nothing. They don't follow through on the party platform. They don't cut taxes anymore. They don't limit government. It's just lies on a piece of paper. And so now in places like Avon and Brownsburg, you have Democrats on the, on the town councils. And it's a total indictment of the governance of the Republicans. Rob, what is coming up on the show tomorrow? Well, Brian Baker is going to be with us. Looks oh, like cool. the strike's over. These actors 
Peters are going back to work. So, he works uh, in that uh, industry. Yeah, I'm going to find out when the next tall building he'll be thrown off of is. So it's very exciting that Hollywood is, ba- Hollywood is back to work, baby. And who's the sponsor of this uh, segment? Garage Doors of Indianapolis. Spanglish, great to see you as always, my friend. Hey, nice to see you, too. Going off the rails, Rob Kendall, thank you very much. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.